Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 93 of Season 4 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal Meg Ryan rom-com, One Harry Met Sally, One Minute at a Time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is the official Movies by Minute chronicler, Eric Nash. Welcome back to the show, Eric. Hey, Movie Rob. Great to be here. I, I think I've now, like, you know, put you in, in this, this position where... You know, this this is your new title. We're gonna, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it all over the movies by minute uh, community that we're now gonna call Eric the the chronicler. <laughs> you know, just like Jim's the the godfather of the movies by minute uh, thing. So you know, why why not have other people who have uh, movies by minute titles? <laughs> Obviously, well, definitely, you, definitely. As long as you agree. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I certainly have been involved with the spreadsheet for quite a while, and then more recently in the past year or so year or two i think now um i've been i've definitely been the main person to uh to help get uh this stuff the shows added to the site but right. um but definitely uh, uh th- th- there is the other rob that came before me on that re- that regard and actually you know really the site's maintained by by the other godfathers so to speak the star wars minute guys pete and alex right that's true. props to them that's true that's true Someday I may hand my, just as Rob handed to me, <laughs> the responsibility of <laughs> getting, this, getting the shows added when, when their submissions are put in. Right. I may I may pass my that buck on to someone at some point. Well, are are there is there still a steady flow? Are there new shows coming out? Uh, it's it been less? a little light lately, um, but you know, and I had actually let a few build up at one point a few months ago. <laughs> What are you let them build up so they made it seem as if there's a lot that'll happen at the same time? No, oh, okay. no, it was, it, was, it was just it was just not 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 having a good uh, a decent ability to get get around to it. Right. Okay. That's fair. For a couple months. Again, I mean, as 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 most people know, we oh, yeah. we do all we do all this for free, <laughs> so you have to find time to you know to do the free stuff uh, you know in between the other things that are used are being used to pay the bills. You know, so that, that that makes sense. So minute ninety three begins with an explanation about something being soggy and ends with the first gaffer. So right now we're in the last few seconds of the the the, the film itself before we get into the credits. And yesterday we we ended things with Harry and Sally sitting on the couch, like all these other documentary couples before them explaining to the world or the documentary or the director or whoever they're, they're supposed to be explaining to, you know, how they actually met that type of thing. So, you know, Eric and I posed the, the theory. So it's possible that this whole movie is them telling over their story. Uh, maybe yes, maybe no. Uh, but here they, they sum it up real quickly. You know, they, 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 they had a great dynamic between the two of them yesterday where they were uh, correcting and interrupting one another, but doing it in a nice way, you know, trying to get the the full story across. They were talking about their wedding, how they had this uh, this this great big uh, cake, and you know they had the, the chocolate sauce, and they said it was on the side, and that's how they ended things. And today, basically, Harry continues by explaining because it makes it very soggy. And then the then particularly the coconut soaks up a lot of that stuff. So you really, it's important to keep it on the side. Right. You know, and then the, the, the music will start playing, it starts to play. And then, 
you know, we, we, we move along from, from that point. But, you know, once again, it's, it's great. The, the hand gestures and, you know, we have Sally, uh, you know, using, you know, she's, she has her, her arms, uh, crossed throughout most of this, uh, documentary footage. And right at the end, you know, she takes, she, she, her hands, uh, you know, come apart basically. And then she makes this, this motion with one of her hands, you know, explaining why it's not good, why you need to have things on the side. <laughs> so, yeah. But once again, you can see that the two of them seem to have a great dynamic here. And I think it, it, it works well. The, the way that they, they bookend this, you know, with them as the documentary couple, even though, as I mentioned yesterday, I, you know, I, I would have been happier had they, they made them seem more uh, appropriate for, you know, along with all the other couples that were being interviewed, I guess you can say. Yeah. Yeah. Either, either age wise or something, whether it was, whether it was, you know, the, at least one of the other couples maybe being on the younger side or, right. or, I mean, I mean, they, they, they wouldn't have been doing the similar to the de-aging that's so popular right now, especially for hero, <laughs> superhero movies and, right. and the like, you know, it's that, that made them appear much older. I mean, it was done very well for, um, well, spoilers for <laughs> Avengers, but yes, good old, good old cap. That was right. done very well. I think that that's a bit, pretty big, pretty good popular opinion. Yeah, I, I think at this point, you know, it's, it, I, I don't think after four years you can really, you know, call something a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is for someone who hasn't seen it, yeah. but still, you know. Yeah. But that, that's fine. That's fine. But, yeah, they, they didn't really have the de, de-aging uh, uh, effects or aging effects yeah. in, uh, in 1989. Uh, so you're saying it might have been more interesting to show them as an older couple telling their story? Yeah, right. To age hmm. them up, right? You know, okay. Which, which right, you know, I, often at this point, you know, I mean, it does, it's done plenty. You know, back in the eighties and yeah, well, just two years earlier, it's a lot of lot of makeup. Right. In two two years yeah. earlier, you had uh, you know Billy Crystal playing uh, Miracle Max, so you know right. he he's used to putting on that much makeup. Hmm. Um, hmm, that one actually would have been interesting had they done that. You know, um, I I never even thought about that idea that you could have just put the two of them, you know, aged on the couch telling the story that like the story is being told in the future. It's not even being told in 1989. It's being told, you know, let's say in 2023, you know, that would, that would, well, if, if Rob Reiner, if you're listening, maybe you can, you know, get special edition. Maybe you can just get, you know, Billy Crystal and, and Meg Ryan together for, to do this scene again, you know, at this point, and then it would make things, you know, work a little better. Uh, but but yeah, overall I, I I like the way that they did it though. And and then the the credits begin. We we have music also. Uh, once again, we we get the the song "It Had to Be You," continuing with things. And as we go through the credits, so we have all the the cast. You know, it starts off with uh, you know the four main people, and then other people who who've popped up here and there, and then we we even get to people who only show up once throughout the movie. But there's 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 one here. Did, did you look at all the the names, all, all the the character names? Yeah, um, character. I didn't. I don't think I took as much note of the character names as I did the actors. Okay, so the character yeah, names. So there's one that really sh- jumped out at me that I have no idea who it is. There's someone that's known as the judge. Okay, yeah. They were never in court. 
Wow. You know, so like I, I it it makes makes made me wonder who who the judge is. The, the only explanation that I could come up with is maybe the judge was the person who married them because they don't have any credit for the, the minister, you know, who actually does have a line. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay, I, that could be I don't know what it was. Yeah. The, the actor who, who plays that character. Okay. His, his name is Joe uh, Viviani. He has eight credits or nine credits in uh, IMDb. One of them is a self credit. Um, very small uh, roles in these movies. The only movie that, uh, that, that, and these are all movies from the late 80s, early 90s. Besides this movie, he was also in a movie called Plutonium Baby, Firehouse, uh, Enemies, a Love Story, Scenes from a Mall, which is a Woody Allen movie, and the movie The Paper. Now, one of the other, his other credit here is the only one that I possibly would recognize him from is the movie See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Yep. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I, okay. I, out of all the Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder ones, that's one when, when I watched the most as a kid. Yeah, I, I, I love that movie. I think it's a great movie. I think uh, that that uh, it's it's hilarious. Um, it, if I ever wanted to do another comedy for you know for movies oh, by minute okay. i might mm -hmm. contemplate doing something there because it it is so funny the the way that that all plays out and that works there but the bottom line is though you know who who is he here if there he's the judge <laughs> you know you, you have any idea well, well yeah i mean well with imdb i mean it has that that's the one picture it has under photos yes um or see no evil, hear no evil, and it's fingerprint cop, and you know I I would just have to look at his face here and then go back and you know see if uh, yeah is that is that the person that uh, the efficient that uh, marries yeah um well it doesn't look like it. I mean we only see him from the back we never get to see the front of his face but yeah. from the back it does not look like him you know if you go back to minute seventy nine that's where they they show him. Um, you know, th that's the only explanation that I can even think of that it, that it could be the same person, you know, because of the fact that, that, you know, there's no other place where a judge really would fit in here. Nobody was ever in court, you know, I mean, there's also, uh, th there's another incorrect, pr uh, credit here, which we'll get to in a second, which, which was something that I joked about back then that, that it actually was the minister. Okay. You have a uh, joke teller at wedding. Okay. Now, there is no joke teller at the wedding. There's a joke teller at the New Year's Eve party. So when I said the joke teller, when I, when I saw that they had a joke teller at the wedding, I was like, okay, maybe they're talking about the, uh, you know, the, the priest, minister, whatever. <laughs> but I know it's, it's very interesting. You, you, usually, you know, you'd think that they wouldn't make mistakes like this in, in the credits of a movie. You know, that they would have uh, enough people go over everything to try and figure out, you know, the whole thing. Uh, I, I, I I, don't know. What, what do you think? Do you think we're just going to have to assume that it is the the, the, the officiant at the, at the wedding and that's it? Yeah, I, I feel like it. I mean, if yeah, I mean, you, you say you've watched the commentary, too. I mean, you'd think that, that they'd mention, oh, we did have this one scene where there was this court <laughs> they were in the court someone was in a courtroom <laughs> yeah and, 
Right. right. And they don't mention that. It's not in the script. It's not, there, there's, Which, there's nothing at all mentioned, but, but even if it was in the script and, you know, if, if it gets cut out, then you don't necessarily give the person the credit, mm-hmm. you know, from what I understand. There, there's no other scene in the movie that I can think of with someone. I mean, he talks about, you know, the East European judge, but that's in a dream. You know, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's his mother. So, you know, maybe Joe, Joe, Joe Viviani is, uh, you know, uh, secretly uh, Harry Burns' mother. I, I don't know. That's, that's as close as I can get. You know, even on IMDb, it doesn't say anything about him, bio or anything like that. So I, I think we're just going to have to assume that maybe that's the the incorrectness here. That you know, instead of calling him the the maybe maybe they want it to be politically correct, and you know say that it's just the judge because in the script, as I mentioned a few weeks ago when when we were at uh, Jess and Marie's wedding, there's no line what there's no line at all for the for for the the priest or minister. Mm-hmm. You know they don't they don't say anything there. Uh, so what what's added in the movie. You know, maybe it's just added as, you know, they decided to make it seem a little official, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very strange. Crazy. Yeah. So again, Rob Reiner, if you're listening and if you know the answer or if anybody knows the answer, you know, feel free to, to, to let us know. I'm, I'm very curious. I wasn't able to find the, the answer to this question. So, uh, you know, who does Joe Viviani play in this movie? You know, who is the judge? And it's also, it, it's listed as, I mean, they, I'm tr- I was just trying to figure out the, the order that they were trying to put all of these people in. And there's like no set order here. It seems to want random, you know, for the, the credits. Yeah. Because yeah, obviously you have Harry and Sally. Yeah. Then you have Marie and Jess. Mm-hmm. Then you have Joe and Alice. Okay. Who, okay. Joe was in one scene and Alice was in two scenes. Okay, then you have Amanda, who was in the first scene in the movie. Uh, then you have the stewardess, who I, I think all she did was ask someone if they want to drink. Then you have Man on Isle, who's the guy who, you know, wanted to, who was willing to switch seats with them when they were on the plane. Then you have the nine-year-old boy who was complaining when, when they were at the batting cages. And then you have the judge, and then you have Helen, and then you have the waiter at the wedding, and then you have Ira. You'd think that they would even put Helen and Ira together. Yeah. You know, like, how does the waiter from, and it's not as if this is in alphabetical order or anything like that. So then you have Ira, and then after that, you have Julian and Emily, you know, which are, were both at the, the party, you know, at, uh, at, oh, yeah. The, when they're doing, you know, when they're playing Pictionary slash, uh, win, lose, or draw. Yeah. And then after that, you have Gary, who's also in two scenes. That's, that's Alice's husband, who we also see twice. We see him at the Pictionary game, and we see him at the wedding. Uh, then we have waitress. Then we have hostess, and then older woman customer, which is uh, you know Estelle Reiner. Then the Christmas tree salesman. Then the joke teller at the wedding, and then that's it. The rest of then they have all the documentary uh, couples, which there are a total of six. So in the movie there are seven. Yeah, I mean it's it's I feel like like after Alice when it gets to Amanda, I mean from then on it's roughly in, in appearance order. Yeah. But even then you got like you said Helen and Ira should be right next to each other. <laughs> Unless the waiter at the wedding <laughs> interrupted in the middle when they were when yeah, they were right, at yeah. in the mall. Not the mall in oh. uh, sharper image. Yeah. Okay. Wait, wait. <laughs> no, they didn't. The malls were very different in 1989, as I'm sure you remember, just like I do. Uh, 
things are not exactly the same as today. And and that's all we have for the the credits of the the people. Is there anyone of the people that you wanted to say something about? Uh, no, not really. I mean, it's you know, I mean, hey, I mean, Carrie Fisher. That's 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 the biggest thing I'd have to say anything about at this point is that you know just the effect that she had on my life, and you know, it's just uh, Star Wars being my my number one forever and always <laughs> movie right. of all time, and, and and she's she's the the female lead. Right. That's true. And then, uh, you know, it continues with, with the, the rest of the credits. We have, uh, you know, the, the, the production manager and the first assistant director and second director. You know, uh, I mean, I, I, I tend to, to, to just try to find some interesting ones here, you know, that, to, that jump out at me because then you have like the art department and things like that. So one of the ones that, that jumped out at me is someone that's a scenic artist. Yeah, me too. I thought because <laughs> the last name, right? Uh, yes, both the last name and the the idea of what a scenic artist does. You know, those were those are two things. You know, his his name is Billy uh, Puzo. You know, do, do you think he has any Godfather? Do you think he has any connection? I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I didn't go in dig dig around for it. Uh, well, I can I can tell you what movies he's been in. <laughs> oh, that that's that's what IMDb is for. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so so it's someone who's in the art department. Well, actually, let's first talk about what a scenic artist does. Okay, a scenic artist is also known as a charge scenic artist or the head scenic artist. Okay, it's the person who leads and oversees the painting of uh, of scenery. Okay, it, they're usually part of the uh, United Scenic Artists Union. Okay, and. Uh, Basically, what they're in charge of, okay, they're, 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 they, uh, their responsibilities include uh, types of uh, reproducing color, texture, and uh, preparing of different uh, surfaces and aging them and things like that. So they look mm. as if they fit into, you know, the scene as to, you know, the, you're not going to have someone who's supposed to have been in, in a particular apartment for years you know that the, that it looks like everything is just very very brand, is all brand new and stuff like that okay so basically the the job of the charge artist is to interpret the scenic designer's technical drawings and paint elevations and with a crew of journeymen they bring them to life on the actual scenery they're also responsible for budgeting the finished sets along with uh, they do this together with the production designer and the art director so you know, that, that's a pretty important uh, job. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, back to Billy Puzo, who only has six credits in IMDb. He is the scenic artist or the master scenic artist in all of them. He was in, he worked in the, the movies Stardust Memories, Wall Street, True Believer, Fletch Lives, When Harry Met Sally, and then four episodes of Guiding Light. You know, so he, he doesn't have a very prolific uh career uh, listed in IMDb at least he was born in on the 15th of March 1945 and he passed away in uh, on June 13th 2006 at the age of 61 his nickname was Billy Pooh like Winnie the Pooh type of thing uh, but that that's all the information we have here we I don't know if he's related to uh, Mario Puzo at all sorry to disappoint <laughs> 
but the name did jump out at me just like it did by you so that mm-hmm. that's yeah. you know great minds as they say right yeah and then it continues with with a whole bunch of other uh the people working behind the scenes you have the uh, second assistant director or directors and the assistant editors and well, the thing that jumped out at me again after this was the prop masters no oh, yeah Okay, so the, the prop masters in this movie are two people named David Glazer and Dick Tice, or Ticey, T-I-C-E, right? So it made me think, okay, what is a, what, what do you think a property master is? Well, I mean, I feel like it's, you know, I mean, there, there's the other credit right below them of props, but, um, you know, I mean, they, they just they just really need to, uh, you know, keep track of and, and uh, I imagine, uh, you know, secure and, and make sure everything gets put put away right yeah, after the end of the day and gets gets put out whatever you know just you know just a real uh keeping keeping control okay so props that, that that that's part of what they do but what they what they also yeah. do is they also are in charge of of going and buying things they're they they're oh, they're okay. sure. they're responsible for purchasing acquiring manufacturing of different props and also knowing how to properly place them and make sure that they have everything that's needed during production for these type of things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so David L. Glazer has 46 credits as a property master in IMDb, and he has six credits as a set director. He did. He was the. He worked in uh, the movie National Treasure. He did two episodes of Sex in the City. He did 157 episodes of Boy Meets World. Uh, so that, that's probably his most prolific. Uh, you know, work. He was also in Bill. He did Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, uh, Soap Dish, Firebirds, Dad, Scrooged, uh, Suspect, Fifty Two Pickup, Let's Get Harry, Real Genius, The Sure Thing, Dreamscape, um, and his his very first movie as a uh, working in the press department was a movie from 1976 called Revenge of the Cheerleaders. I've never heard of that one. You ever heard of that? <laughs> nope, I hadn't heard of that one. <laughs> yeah, so that's what he does, and the he actually there, there's a book that uh, he was part of a TV show called Smoldering Lust, which there's a book about it that that uh, talks about. Uh, it's called We Bombed in Burbank. It's about a show that that uh, that you know that production was canceled very quickly. So that's what it mentions in there. And then you have uh, Dick Tice, who has 75 different uh, credits on IMDb. Um, and that really also goes very far, very far back. Um, his his first uh, work was on uh, Desperate Seek and Susan in 1985. And uh, what other movies? He, he did Parenthood, Presumed Innocent. True Colors, Prince of Tides, The Pelican Brief, IQ, City Hall, Conspiracy Theory, Snake Eyes. You know, he's he's done he's done work on a, a lot of different uh, a lot of different movies over the years. Yeah. So one other Meg Ryan movie. Uh, one other that I mentioned. I, I mean, I, I didn't mention all the movies. I mean, he's got yeah. he's got oh, so yeah, many I'm of them. Sure. Those the, that's the ones that uh, jumped out at me for that one. So one of the things that we 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 did, and that that's basically how the the minute ends. We we see the the the, uh, the first gaffer who's listed there, Russell Engels. That's how the this minute ends. But throughout this entire uh, part of the credits, so we have the the song "Let's Call the Whole Thing Off" being played. 
Okay, have you have you ever heard this song before? Besides, oh here? yeah, that's. I mean, I, I feel like even before this movie came out, I feel like I had I had heard this song a little bit. Um, but it definitely, you know, heightened in my purview that that I was aware I was familiar with it and whatever. You know, someone might say any one of these words. You know, I'd I'd, I'd kind of get the song in my head head again. Right. So the the song was especially if they, especially if they, they if they were to say the word for some weird reason and and kind of the non usual way of the yeah that's true that's true so yeah. it was written by uh, George Gershwin and Ira Gershwin for the 1937 film Shall We Dance which uh, was the movie that introduced uh, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers who were dancing on roller skates the the song is listed as number 34. On the AFI is 100 Years, 100 Songs. You know, it has the, the famous line, you say tomato, I say tomato. You say potato, I say potato. You know, making fun of the different pronunciations between, uh, you know, British and American English. You know, so th- that's always really stood out. In Earlier in the movie, we actually had a version that was sung by Ray Charles. But here, this is the song of the ver- Ray Charles. Yeah, pretty sure. Is it this Harry Connick Jr.? Yeah, I think this is Harry Connick Jr. also. Right. That, that's what I was thinking. Uh, no, uh, sorry, it was, it wasn't Ray Charles. It was, it was Louis Armstrong. Sorry, right earlier on. Okay, so uh, months ago when we we discussed this, it, it was the 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 version that was sung by uh, Louis Armstrong, and here we get the a version from Harry Connick Jr., which uh, is great. There there are some very notable uh, renditions of the song. Uh, you have. Uh, um, Billy Holiday did it. You have Sam Cooke, Ella Fitzgerald, Bing Crosby uh, sung it. And then you obviously have the Harry Kong Jr. one. And I've always found this really funny that you have Willie Nelson and Cindy Lauper singing it. Mm. You know, not something that I would have expected. <laughs> There's also the famous uh, Muppet Show episode where Sylvester Stallone sings it. Do you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the script? I mean, I, I guess just the one last thing, because like, I, I, I was pretty sure it was Harry Cock Jr. that was singing this, and, and um, uh, just just uh, just looking pretty quick, uh, like at, at his Wikipedia page, you know, it's like I was just, yeah, I mean, this 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 movie really set him on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Without it, you know, he could have just uh, easily gone on and not not ever done much more. But, <laughs> but he got it seems like he because because of it, he kind of got into acting, too. Yeah. And had, had quite a few acting roles. Yeah. Yeah, he's had some great acting roles. Recording career. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So the the, the script here, the, we, we just have a, two lines that are left in the script, basically. You know, it, it you have Harry and Sally talking about the, 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 the chocolate sauce on the side, right? So Sally says, with a very rich chocolate sauce on the side. And then Harry says, yeah, you know, because everybody doesn't like sauce right on top of their cake. And it, it, it has them, it basically says that, that the song... That the, sorry, it says here that the uh, conversation continues as it's fading out, which would have been a nice way to do it because they, they do that quite often in the movie where we pick up people in the middle of conversations and things like that. So it might have been nice to have it sort of like trail off as, you know, as the, the credits begin, stuff like that. But, you know, they, they still did it nicely here. I like that. Yeah, because it, it is a real, really uh, quick cut from right yeah. when, right when he says "right," mm-hmm. it's the response. Sure. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, the that's the thing; it's a quick cut as opposed to it just being, yeah. you know, something that flows. You know, by the way they could have done it there. 
All right, so every Wednesday we have a segment called Harry Burns Hump Day, where my guests will give their top five uh, Billy Crystal performances. Yeah, and uh, similarly, as a little preface, uh, very, uh, you know, amazingly, stunningly, not what I was expecting when I went and tallied up what, what I had seen of his, um, I come to the same number that I did for Meg, Ryan, 13 oh, wow. of his movies. And I, I, would, I would have thought it would have been more for him. Um, for some weird reason, I'm not sure why, but um, so uh, my top five, uh, number five would be uh, this is Spinal Tap, and uh, it's a pretty small part there. <laughs> and he's uh, actually, I, if I remember right, I think he kind of does say a little something. He has one line, <laughs> but he like, but he yeah, he's a mime. Yeah. He's playing a mime. So, <laughs> um, and then uh, then uh, number four, Monsters Inc. You know, and I, I, I don't include, I, I haven't seen the uh, sequel to the sequel or sequels to that yet, um, but uh, certainly look forward to that. Uh, I, I have seen him in his uh, in his comedy room at uh, Walt Disney World, though. Um, <laughs> lots of fun there. I, I even uh, tried submitting a joke. I don't know if you know you can do that when you go there. Oh, really? Wow. You can, you can, yeah, you can, uh, you can on your on your phone, you can submit a joke, and I, I tried to submit one, and they, they did not say it, <laughs> unfortunately, but... Um, and then I got number three, Running Scared. Um, really good uh, action, um, bit of action, and uh, some I think some more serious moments for him. Even though it's, it's definitely he definitely plays up his comedy there yeah. too. Um, and then this movie I, I is what I say is number two. So you might be able to guess what my number one is <laughs> for his performance. Uh, Star Wars, it's, it's right? Based on his performance. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you you know Dustin Hoffman was in Star Wars. Yeah, of course. Right? Um, um, no, uh, Princess Bride yeah, would be course. number one, as, as, as you mentioned, Miracle Max. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Thank you very much for that. So, Eric, you want to once again tell people uh, where they can find Eric Nash? Yeah, so uh, the the last of my uh, three uh, shows that I've done so far, uh, hosted and produced and edited and all the good stuff, is uh, Feels Like Weezer. So that's a kind of a cousin to the movie-by-minute format um, that's going through uh, all of Weezer's, the band Weezer's uh, catalog, uh, song-by-song in uh, – chronologically released order so we'd we'd uh, address singles and so forth when should they should they happen to come out before albums and what have you but um otherwise so it gives you more to more to draw from the well you know that works oh yeah definitely well come on no one wants something that's just gonna you know be real quick and I'll have you, 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 you want to have something in the future to do so why not and while you're doing that you can go rate review and subscribe many podcasts you might be using to listen to this show uh, finding me is very simple. Just uh, do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. And you can find me on Facebook. So until tomorrow, I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's having. Gave me a thrill with all your faults. I love you still. It had to be you. Wonderful you. Had to be you.